named it. Oh, okay. So it's the good bad gang crew here. It's LD and Sos in the building. What up? How's everyone doing? Um, Sos isn't feeling too good. Nope. He looks like a hobo. <laughs> yeah. No, like he's actually not feeling too great. Tell him what's wrong. Oh, I'm not a doctor, but yeah. Yesterday, Sos thought he was going to die. Like he was, he was alternating between shivering and sweating, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. So he literally, I was actually scared for a while because we were on our way to Ibadan with um a group of people. Have we introduced this podcast? We have, right? I think we just, think you just, think you <laughs> just, just did that. I'm just making sure. So we were on our way to Ibadan with um this family. So I do this whole tour in Nigeria thing when I'm not doing my nine to five, and so Sus came along and literally every other hour Sus would be like i'm shivering i'm dying can we turn off the ac please can you remind me to take my drug i was actually really worried for a bit because i thought damn it this boy might actually die on this bus but he's alive right now and i'm i'm just really i just got his not gone because i usually say i'm gonna kill him but he's here all right <laughs> so now that we know that i'm alive what's good uh, so yeah, pretty much yesterday. It was weird. Yesterday, I was so fascinated. Like I had this whole I need to know more. So I'm very, I'm a very curious person. And these people that we went to Ibadan with, um, they're Muslims, but the the main family are actually um, they're conk is conk the word to use. Mm. Finish, finish what? I was gonna say they are conk Muslims. I don't okay. know if that's the word to use. Yeah, I don't know. But the woman, the wife is in Perda. So for those of us who don't know what Perda is, Perda are women who you know wear the abayas and the veils, and you some leave their faces open, and some you can't see their face. You can only see the eyes. So the the mom, she's a woman in Perda, and then her children. She has two girls and two boys. The two girls, the eldest girl is also in Perda, but you can see her face and then the the baby girl I still wasn't sure because she was wearing the hijab but I could hear her uncles teasing her about where her abaya asking her where her abaya was so I don't know if the little girl is also in Perda or not but it was so fascinating to me because so which one is Burka? That's one, I was, that's one I'm used to hearing I think like maybe they call like Burka like the full thing I know like abaya is like um the dress right? okay but maybe like the burqa is like maybe they re that's what they call everything i mean i'm not a muslim so i'm not really sure do you get what i'm saying okay. I, do, I just know what an abaya is because i i've generally thought that abayas are nice and i've always said i would buy one because an abaya is pretty much like a kaftan a yeah. fancy kaftan i think you need to explain what an abaya is an abaya is the long flowing dress that they wear so it can be fancy it, it can be plain it can just be black it might be embroidered it can be anything do you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. some of them go for like plain black and some of them go for the fancy ones like i remember when i was passing through dubai the other time i saw like some really nice abayas like i said abayas are just kaftans but are fancy like silk or chiffon do you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. and i think burka is like the full thing that covers your face and all that you could tell that they weren't wearing burkas because you could see the scarves wrapped around their face and you could see like where they clipped it jigger okay so like burka is like the full thing okay anyway so 
I was really, before I went into my whole explanation of outfits, I was really fascinated. Like, I wanted to sit the, the mom down and, you know, just speak to her, find out about her. Because they used to live in Lagos and then they got a job in um, an Arab country. And so they moved there. So I wanted to know if she decided to go into Perda, like, after she moved into the Arab country. Or if there was something she was already doing here. Or, I, I was just very, it was, it it just struck me that she was so into her faith she didn't really care for instance when we were on the bus and um the journey was about to start and i think this this was the first thing that really got me she she's like oh yeah so we have to say our dua dua is like a prayer so they wanted to say their travel dua so they usually have like prayers for different things maybe like um pregnancy dua travel dua sleeping dua that kind of thing and then they all started saying it and all the kids were saying it like she had a seven-year-old daughter a five-year-old kid and they all said it like they knew it word for word they even knew it better than their uncles and i remember teasing the uncles and asking them why they weren't saying it and they were like because they didn't know so you know i wanted to know if she was able to teach her kids these these things because they were in saudi or if she's always known that that's how she wanted to bring up her kids or that was the kind of life that she wanted because even when we go to mapoho which is um a tourist attraction in Ibado. she specified that she was gonna pray you know so after they did the tour of the place they went and looked for a place and they all prayed it was it was just really like it was i don't know if to say it was awesome but it was also fascinating i just really wanted to know more about them i wanted to understand them and i remember she said they couldn't take pictures like the women couldn't take pictures and i, I was wondering why they couldn't take pictures you know it was just everything these were things that i had never heard of or things that i had never you know you read stuff in books but you're never really like you've never really seen it and it, to be a part of it was just very interesting to me what did you think no it wasn't to me i don't know <clears throat> i think we're used to muslim people in nigeria i just i think there's a difference between muslim people i have muslim friends i you know please there's a difference between like Muslims and like practicing Muslims or Muslims who are like pretty much of the f of the faith because there are Muslims who will not drink. I know Muslims who drink. I know Muslims who do all sorts. So let's not say we're used to Muslims in Nigeria. What's this was just different for me to see, like to see that there was she was very um, she was all about it. You know, there wasn't anything that she did that it didn't involve like something in islam or whatever i mean even the kids knew like words and i mean okay so for instance when we first got to their house her little boy runs up to me and says assalamu alaikum you know on impulse i go alaikum salam because i know the answer but it was it was interesting do you get what i'm saying and it also just reinforced how the serious ones literally start teaching their kids from you know the young from two or three or one if possible i mean that's what i thought anyway i don't i'm making a big deal of it anyway what i meant was to me it's not that jarring to see a, a woman covered from head to toe with all of the eyes being shown uh, being in nigeria and might not have any close association with any of them but it's commonplace like it's different in a place like america where some when you see somebody with a hijab or a bucker or any of the stuff where it's more jarring so i'm like over here seeing a muslim woman covered head to toe is not jarring to me because of you know our proximity to um to both muslim <coughs> to the muslim population 
in Niger in Nigeria because I would say a lot of the southwest is um, a lot of the southwest is um, practice um, Islam, and obviously the kids being raised in an Arab country contributes to their devotion because they're obviously going to Arab schools and things of that nature. So obviously they are learning um, everything fundamental to Islam. And to be honest, that's not any difference from Christian parents if they are really devoted that way. They love Christian parents every evening. They read the Bible. They do Bible study. Before the kids go to sleep, they say their lost prayers and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to correct you here. I didn't say that I was jarred. I said it was interesting to experience it up front. I see Muslim women all the time in their hijabs. I mean, even in, okay, so you said in America it'd be jarring, but in England there were Muslim women in burqas and um, there's even a there's even a term for the ones who get dressed with their hijabs they're called hijabis so it's not like i haven't seen them i'm saying to be with them to experience it to actually see what they're doing i mean i see a woman in a, on the road wearing a burqa i don't know what she's doing but to be able to like actually spend the day with them to see what they're about that's what i'm talking about so i'm not saying that it was surprising to see someone all dressed up in like her hijab that'd be very silly like we see it all the time even in my office there's a hijabi lady so you know it's not a it's not it's mm. not new no, to, to me they were normal they were like a normal pleasant family i didn't see any um I didn't get any uniqueness to them per se in terms did, did of I, I didn't say they were not normal did i I, didn't, I, I don't think before someone listens to this podcast and takes what I'm saying out of I did not say they were normal they were lovely people I'm saying I was very intrigued I wanted to learn more about that's what I'm going to to be able to be that close to them made me want to learn more not as in convert or anything but to understand why they were doing this or why they were doing that I wanted to understand why they couldn't take pictures like why the the men could take pictures but the women couldn't take pictures I wanted to understand that I had to be able to sit down and discuss like the the tenets of their faith is what I'm saying because I felt like for a while I was part of what they were doing not part of like the prayers or whatever but you know they were there i was with them for a day so it was interesting to watch i wanted to learn more about them it's like how you go to a new village or something and you see the culture is different and you want to learn about the culture i did not say they're not a good family i did not say they're not a pleasant family please so so now i was also on that bus so you had your own experience and i'm telling you my experience yeah but you said that to you they were like a normal good family like i said they weren't good or something that's not what i'm saying i don't want i don't want to jump out the window with that one all, all i'm saying is that my own experience with them didn't feel any different than if it was any other family in there we're just nice common family and fun fact actually later f- uh, found out that the husband actually went to high school together so that was kind of a cool type of little thing going on there but anyway as i said it was a normal family, um, you know. I guess I, I guess maybe I was not as intrigued as um, LD was with the whole um, Muslim faith and everything as she saw them apply it. But I guess what got to me anyway was um, a lot of times, at least in the U.S. and some of all this stuff, when you think about um, the women who wear burqas or hijabs or whatever it is, um, it's always meant to feel like those women are not wearing it on their own volition or they are being um, submissive to the men and they're just you know being carried along but um, that's not what you get from this woman she was very she was very independent felt as equal to her husband and stuff like that so and you know very intelligent the kids very intelligent and smart so 
and you could tell that this is a decision that she made i don't think it was forced on her or anything like that it was a it was a choice i think it's something good to remember sometimes when you see that kind of stuff and you think it's oppressive to women but there are probably some of this muslim women that it is by choice it is what they want and you know if it's the f- by free will they want to wear the burqa the hijab or what's it called you call them the abaya the abaya um yeah so that's why that's why i took away from it i mean i'm generally just like a curious person i like to know like everything i remember once i was in uni and i got obsessed with bob marley and i literally had to read all of bob marley's um life history and i had exams the next day but i I, I kind of just so when i'm intrigued with something i literally want to know i want to understand because i feel like it helps me have conversations with people i can stand anywhere i mean the little arabic i learned it wasn't because i was watching tv or something it's because once my mom had a shop girl who understood arabic i remember she was even teaching me how to write arabic but unfortunately she left so i've always just been that person i feel like i want to be able to know everything as crazy as that sounds i want to be able so if something strikes me or something intrigues me then i'm probably going to go crazy trying to find it out i mean i'm, I'm going to be honest when she said they couldn't take pictures i was on google trying to find out why and you know what i learned a thing or two apparently muslims um there's somewhere in the quran where that um talks about it doesn't say photography expressly but it has been interpreted to mean that you shouldn't try and recreate Allah's creations and taking pictures is kind of like you know doing that so I apparently Muslims shouldn't even have like pictures of themselves hanging their homes and everything and then I tried to remember like one of my friends I remember his house was really bare there were like no family pictures or anything so it kind of started to make sense so that's kind of person I am something intrigues me and I'm going to run with it like I spent the whole of yesterday night going and reading but did you find out why the men felt comfortable taking pictures and the women didn't you know but that's where i'm going to the irony is during my search there was nothing that said only women shouldn't take pictures it said all of them in general so which is why i said i wish i could sit down with this woman and kind of understand why they felt like they like maybe there's something else because another thing people don't realize is there are actually different types of muslims you have the sunni muslims you have the shia muslims like i said i'm very I've always known this, like, because I'm just very nosy into everything. Nothing so, is wrong with nothing is wrong yeah, with being so not legible. I wanted to actually sit down with her and find out if, like, she was a Sunni Muslim or if maybe she was like a different type of Muslim that you know had that principle. Because when I was searching, I couldn't find anything that said women shouldn't take pictures, but men should take pictures. You get what I'm saying? And it was funny because even the children knew when we we're trying to take pictures. Um, I told the girl to get into the picture, and she's like, "Oh, I'm not allowed to take pictures." You know that kind of thing but she's like my brothers can my uncle can so um anyone out there who can tell me if there's like a particular sector or section where cause sects yeah where the women can't take pictures please 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 let me know because i'm actually going crazy that i i don't know the full answer like it's literally driving me crazy but yeah it's because of things like that that i want to sit down with her and her husband and just learn for me it's a learning experience you know to, to be able to know other things than just put it in my brain somewhere and then when i find myself in the middle of a conversation you know with other people i can kind of be like yeah i know about that you know that kind of thing but like i said that's just me obviously we like had different um views you know obviously i don't know about different views and stuff i said what you found intriguing wasn't what yeah, that's i found different intriguing views now. Which is, uh, 
Uh, what I said, what you find intriguing is what I find intriguing. I'm not sure whether it's different views. We're not different. We're not having different points. I'm just saying what you found intriguing didn't pick my own interest. That's not different views. What doesn't that have anything? You know what? We're not even going to argue about this. Someone doesn't find something interesting, and another person finds it. It's still your view on life. Is that these things don't pique my interest. Things like this pique my interest. The same way you're going to find something interesting and I'm not going to like it. You know, so it's kind of like how I view stuff. So views still work. But you know. That, 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 that. Okay, English teacher. Yes, I came first in English in secondary school. So I know what I can say. Okay, so let's talk Rick Ross. Ricky Rose. So Rick Ross went on the Breakfast Club and then he was asked, I, I don't know if he was asked anyway, but the conversation came up about him not having um, any female artist. And he goes, if I have any female artist, I'm gonna try and fuck. I'm sorry, what context? I feel like nowadays we just excuse everything based on context. And then Rick Ross went on to say because He's gonna be thinking about the money for all the photo shoots and all this that he's doing for you. So why is he not gonna try and fuck? Like so you know, pretty much every female who comes. And I remember like he knew what he was saying because ye had to ask him, what about if it's a girl that you've watched grow up? I don't understand what other context he wanted to put. If you if you if you if you listen to the interview very well, the very top of it, they asked him, How how come you don't have any female artists or whatever on MMG, right? And he said the reason, one of the reasons he doesn't have one, right, is because he might end up wanting to have sex without artists. So, in a way, he's just trying to say, you know, I, I, he's not being a predator because he doesn't, he knows himself well enough, like somebody knowing their weaknesses. So, he says this is a weakness of his, and since that's a weakness of his, he's not going to put himself in that position by, um, you know, getting a female artist when he knows he's vulnerable to that, he's vulnerable to that kind of thing. So, it's not, you know, is it good? No. But I said I understood the context in which he meant it. I feel like he made, you know what? If you say he's talking about his weakness, that's fine. But he made too light of a joke of it for it to be considered a weakness. I mean, Charmaine ended the the, the show by saying, "So, ladies, if you want to join um, MMG, you know what to do." Recross could actually be like, "None, nah, like you know, whatever." He made too light of the situation. I it didn't help that he wasn't. In fact, he was talking about another lady that he met, and he's like, you know, she was sick too. So clearly, the crush is just about sleeping with people, which is fine. Like that's what they do, right? Was was it but in poor taste? Yes, it was in poor taste. But like, but he said, um, what Shalim was saying, if if you if you want to get on MMG, but that's the point. You can't get on MMG because he doesn't want to do that. So that's the whole point he's making, right? He's saying that if you get on there, he may want to he may want to hear that. So he just makes sure you don't get on it. He didn't say he may. He is going to hit it. He's going to try. So except, I mean, even you had to ask. Okay, so you've worked with Trina. Did you try to hit that? I mean, like, I feel like he didn't make any. He didn't make the situation worse. And then in his apology, he still wanted to say, oh, so you know, we have females that we're trying to work with, as if he was trying to be like, no, you know what? What I said before. Like, why are you having females that you're trying to work with? He could have gone the other route with his apology and said, you know, I was just trying to say that I'm trying to avoid the situation with these women out there, blah, blah, blah. If we're talking, I don't feel like it's a weakness. I feel like it is what it is. Because then he now goes, I have a daughter, uh, you know, my, my empire is run by two women, my mom and my. It now said he could have just made a clean cut, um, clean cut apology, but then he just said something like, 
you know, I'm throwing out there. I'm just trying to show you that I also have women in my life, so I understand, like, you know. And yes, yes, do the I have I have black friends defense. Yeah, because obviously he was getting a lot of hits from um, women on social media and other platforms coming after him for this for his comments. Like I said, yeah, it makes like the comments is obviously in poor taste, as I said. But if you listen to the full interview and kind of the way he couched it, you know, I get it. I listened to the full interview and I think he was being serious. I don't get it. I don't care. I feel like a lot of things today are allowed to slide by because people say, well, if you listen to it in context or if you see the context he put it in, it's always about how... Don't say... Say what is right. Don't say, you know... Think about your... Like last week, so kept talking about optics. Think about your optics. So I know that Rick Ross went on that show and thought that what he said was just going to slide through. Well, I want people to be real, man. I, don't, I want to see the real, the real people are... I don't want you to be hiding behind a facade, whatever it is. At least it's good for women to know now. Look, do this is, is that way. So go run to Puffy or um, join Rock Nation instead and try to get an MMG because that's how they get that MMG. So it's better for you to really know what's in this guy's head and him not being politically correct. And that way, you know, um, female artists who are actually trying to make it in the game where it can be very, very t- difficult to make it know at least that dude is probably not the way to go people are always talking about how they want people to be real too people become too real for them and then start letting out their other side and then they think ah you could have kept that hey where do you draw the line between being too real and bringing out your perverted side or your disgusting side this doesn't even have to do with like just being a predator going off your realness when is being real too real i don't need to know everything that you do i don't need to know everything that you know makes you tick just because you're trying to be real if somebody's a racist i want to know they're racist i don't want to couch it i don't want to hide it i don't want to be looking through their windows and peeping at me let me know you're a racist if you're somebody that hates um christians or you have some kind of ism i want to know don't be politically correct don't smile in my face and um stab me stab me in my back or whatever it is so i like you to be full front and center that, that's the way i prefer it so all this um obviously you never, you never probably should keep it 100 maybe not like keep it 99 but still personally show me who you are and, I, and this is not the first time that i'm hearing about recross being a predator like it's funny and life is actually very funny because when you do one bad thing then people start bringing up all the bullshit that you've ever done i remember when i where i watched the video i was reading the comments because i like to also read comments like where i finished i think i i watched the video originally on bella ninja and then people started talking about other interviews that they had listened. This is who, like, people started listening, talking about other interviews that Rick Ross had been on, how he would make, like, the females uncomfortable. So, like, if he was being interviewed by a female, he would he would have to refer to something. And, I mean, he did it on um, Breakfast Club with Ye when he was telling her that, you know, I want to see you twerking at my next party or show me some legs. All right, this is, like, Rick Ross. He's always been very predatorish it's just because unfortunately well, for him obviously he had that line that song and put a molly put a molly in a drink and and he had to apologize yeah. exactly you know what we're talking about being real this is not the first time you're being called out for saying something stupid or doing something stupid you always come out then he came out to and said i would never jog a woman to this 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 and we're slowly learning that what this artist sing about unfortunately treads a little bit on the realities of what but they do in their life isn't that what we want though don't you want no what, want I'm, saying is, real? what, what I'm saying is um you said 
what was it that he said again being real or yada 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 i'm saying this is not the first time that recross is taking the hit for saying something wrong concerning women so he should know better than going on the breakfast club and saying something that could come off as degrading or come off as being a male chauvinist or come off as being a predator so the way you're trying to tell me is that he's going to continue to make the same mistake like he doesn't have sense like I, like, I, like I said just taking that interview for what it was or what it is without you know bringing out the external stuff just listen to that interview itself I kind of got what he, he did or what he meant was it in poor taste yes it was in poor taste tomorrow now when you hear that cross I hope we won't get to that level. When you hear that he was molesting somebody, everybody will not come and start crying and say, Oh my God, the cross, how could you? What about the optics? Okay, if he comes and says that he's only into 18-year-old girls now. But as they're doing it slowly, you have people on one side defending. You have an, I mean, so told me that on Twitter, somebody said he never said that. Like, was I deaf? I heard what he said. Like, if you love recross, you love recross. But don't try and defend something that everyone else heard. And you know what? For recross to have tendered an apology, it shows the magnitude of people who did not think about whatever it was. Well, well, there, there's so much social media justice warriors these days. So I don't... I don't want to go by that so much because he just wants to save himself some bread and just, you know, quell um, any kind of uprising that might affect his bread. That's all. I don't think it's just a social media thing. Like, people like to say, but there are still people who are not on social media. Like, I have a friend who is not on Instagram. She's not on Facebook. So, sometimes we need to stop saying, like, it's only social. There are people who watch things and who cry out about things through other means, not necessarily like social media. In fact, how do you know that Recross did not get home that evening and his mom is like, what the hell were you saying? What I'm saying is that there's the upswell on social media, Twitter, all this online stuff that got the whole uprising that people start getting into traditional media, whatever it is, that obviously you have to react to it. Okay, sure, if we say so, but there are things that I react to and I probably didn't see them on social media first or like i maybe i watched something and i also thought that was wrong and then later i find out that there are other people too who found out it was wrong i'm just saying let's stop hiding behind the blanket that it's social media that made it like popular or whatever social media is not in the same way they say social media is not the um, beginning and the end of everything it is true even in situations that we think that they became popular through social media that's a possible it's like how they say I'm cops sure have been killing okay like let me explain it's like how they say cops have been killing black people cops did not start killing black people today right it's just because now people can quickly put it on social media right and that causes an uproar now no it just means that more people around the world know but i don't tell me that in the community media. that it's been happening the people in the community don't know and haven't been like going on um what do you call them no, i'm not sure what we're arguing here but Obviously, this is an interview that was done. It was put online on YouTube, on Twitter. People see it in those places. That's where people watch this interview from. It's by them watching this interview and all these different social media platforms that people start crying out of it. So if something that originated on the social media, so you're telling me that the opera is coming, also coming from somewhere else when this whole thing originated on social media. Is the news social media, like CNN or whatever? It could be someone on CNN reporting something. Is that social media? No, I'm asking like a legit question. Like a, a news reporter reports something that millions of people are watching. That That's not social media, like spreading mm-hmm. it, right? CNN, I did not on Twitter. I'm saying even before that, 
What do you mean even before that? Even before social media became big, news outlets will report stuff, right? Traditional media. And everyone media. would hear it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying so social media is not the only way that people are uproaring, quotes. Okay, I'm not sure where we're going with this. Okay, fine. But speaking about interviews, I don't know how many people watched the Lamar Odom interview. It was ironic to me that so sent it to me because so said some time ago about how he wasn't trying to hear from Lamar Odom because, you know, of his past, his history, like the whole crack thing. But I watched it and... So, so that's why context is very important. Like, I don't want to hear from Lamar Odom bashing the Kardashians and their family saying that something happens to men in the men that get into Kardashian family. I'm like, he's not the one that I want bashing the Kardashians or whatever it is. He has his own demons that he's dealing with and he and he can't really put whatever he's dealing with on the Kardashian clan. That's it has nothing to do with them. So that's context. No, you said I don't I'm not trying to hear from crackhead Lamar. That was literally how you said it. If you had said it the way you just said it now it'd have been different. But you did it. So let's not try and not Con- twist this context no, let's not try and again. Twist it. See, context I told context I argument with source because I context. told source, I'm like everyone has a past but everyone should be able to say what they're feeling regardless of the past he had an he, you know what's funny he did you know what speaking about context he did not bash the Kardashians he didn't he didn't because Wendy asked him what's it with the Kardashians and the men and he says oh he just feels like sometimes the men cannot handle like the he didn't even bash them but Sos just wasn't trying to hear it because it was Lamar and Lamar has like a crack situation and I felt like that was wrong so I tried to say okay so last week on the podcast now I said I might be depressed I would feel awful if someone out there was saying yo I'm not trying to listen to this podcast to give us some depressed girl on there it doesn't mean that what I have to say shouldn't be listened to you know, but Sos did not explain it like he just explained it now. Also, was like, I'm just, I'm not trying to hear from Crackhead Lamar Odom. So I found it intriguing that you sent me that video on him talking about like his life and how he lost his mom at the age of 12 and then him losing his kid. Like, I guess some people can handle like tragedies, but I don't feel like it was an ex- enough of an excuse for him to turn to drugs. But, you know, shout out to Chloe. She definitely held him down during like his drug his drug using days and i hope that he's actually still not using drugs he says he's in rehab and he's trying to do the right thing yeah so it's a very sad story like you know obviously his mom died of cancer when he was 12 his um his son six months died of um infant sudden infancy um syndrome what is that just call it infant mortality infant mortality syndrome so so yeah his best friend died of an overdose his, his father you know, bottles a drug crack addiction also so it's uh yeah so it was very harsh life and i guess there was some new revealing stuff apparently he didn't start doing coke till he was 25. so maybe we shouldn't have judged him like we did no doesn't change what i have to say doesn't that be because of because of the interview doesn't um, change what i said put in the context i said it in but obviously it's a sad it was some kind of sad touching story the good part about it, the good part about it was he took also some responsibility there so you know all those awful things that happened to him he still put it on himself that he made the mistake and started doing drugs but obviously as this bad ton of events kept on happening he kept on doing more and more uh drugs so hopefully you know he stays clean and you know uh, although some when he said we're kind of chilling when he said once you're a drug addict you're always a drug addict blah 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 you know that's almost f- sounded ominous so uh, anyway i just hope he's able to keep it together and um 
I, when I heard that, I felt like he was referring to like people saying he will always be referred to like as a drug addict. That was what I thought. But I really hope he doesn't go back into drugs. But I feel like what they teach you in all those AA is that it's a daily process because you know once you take drugs, or whatever it is, it's always there. You can you can turn on a dime, so you always have to remind yourself of that stuff so you keep away from it. And that's why they give them those coins. Like after you go through ten days, you get it. You get like a. Uh, what's it called a token you do a month you get another token so you know it continues to remind you and some of them actually carry it around but like he said the interview was sad but i didn't feel sad because i kind of thought you know what apart from really stupid people or really crazy people no one tries to drag their self down through a rabbit hole except something must have happened so you know, I, I listened to this interview and I thought, okay, so that was it then. Like, like I said it in the beginning, it does not excuse like him using drugs, but I, I try to think about God forbid losing my mom like at that age or losing my dad or holding a child in my arms and that child dying. You know, it could probably really mess with um with you. Like he turned to drugs, but people turn into like so many other things. Like so, unfortunately, he's his choice of um making himself feel better were drugs and i'm really just happy that he's not dead and i hope like he really does change his life around and he does all the things that he said he wanted to do he said he wanted to coach people he wanted to you know um talk to people and it's kind of funny it's kind of like how people tell you that people who are going through stuff don't want to hear from you who are all up in your who has your head all up your ass and feeling perfect to yourself sometimes people like to hear from people who have been through the shit that they've been through because then they feel like they can relate like i don't go and be telling people i mean i could but like a drug addict would probably be more likely to listen to um someone who's been through it and you know kind of drawn themselves out because it's some kind of hope that if they could do that then i can do that as opposed to somebody who is all judgmental and telling you that you know this is what's going to happen to you so i I know lamar wants to do something like that and i really hope that he gets to do it because then there will probably be a lot of young kids out there who have access to these things who might be able to relate to him especially if they turn to drugs because of like um tragedies that befell them yeah like and what was interesting as you said you know he didn't really get to cocaine to much later on you know all this stuff has happened where in the past he had basketball was successful then he still drifted and so i said one of the good parts of this article was he still took a lot of accountability for himself in it it wasn't all these bad things happened to me so i'm on drugs instead it was like all this bad thing happened to me and i succumbed to drugs and you know i have to do better so anyway, like I said, I hope he stays on the straight and narrow. Uh, I said addiction is a everyday struggle, and you know, day by day, you just have to, you know, one foot in front of the other. And like he rightly pointed out, drug addiction is actually a disease of the brain because you can't make normal decisions. He's like sometimes he would wake up and be like, "How the fuck did I get here? Or why did I do this?" So when we're also trying to deal with people or help people who have like addictions you also have to remember that they're not making decisions in their right minds you know they're just doing whatever they're just going with the yeah, we have to be careful with that stuff because you know we also we also have to tie that in with accountability also so it's, it's, a, it's a fine line to knowing that okay, there's a problem there and also another line to you know to be accountable for your actions of course definitely but we wish lamar odom all the best and we definitely like i said before shout out to chloe for holding him down you know she she definitely did a lot for him 
I guess she left when she couldn't take it anymore. But mm-hmm. no one's going to deny like she did. She she did help him. She stood by him. She tried to help him. Even she, even the part of the article, she was like when he opened his eyes and he saw his wife there, ex-wife there, that he was surprised to see her after everything. That was the last person he expected to see, and and she was she was there. Yeah, so she definitely she definitely held him down. I mean, she didn't leave him till he was able to like talk and walk again because he couldn't talk and he couldn't walk for a bit. So, but yeah, so like we said. Chloe deserves like a big nod. Another person that deserves a big nod is Mr. Easy. He was featured as Apple's Got Next artist and he also recently performed on James Corden's show. I felt like that was a big step for him. His team is definitely trying to push him like and sell him to the world. Man, big ups to his team. But my goodness, that was such a trash performance. Terrible. Horrible. Like this is like obviously the James Coburn show and then people that might know him from Capo Karaoke think that's the funny stuff he does that goes viral where he has um, musicians in the car and they are singing along to big hits. I think the most popular ones are like the ones with Adele and Bieber, whatever it is. Michelle Obama was also there. Yeah, I remember it was Michelle Obama, Miss Elliot stuff, right? So, so that's so that's James Coburn. So it's that late late show. He goes on like last after like um, Colbert and that kind of stuff. But it was such trash. You know, he vocally was terrible, stage presence was terrible. Big ups to his team giving him all these opportunities, but man, it was trash. It was so bad. It was so bad. I don't know what they're doing, man. I don't know what they're doing. It wouldn't be better if they um, played the track and he was kind of, you know, maybe they increased his vocals a little bit so he's singing over the track because he tried to do some kind of live stuff and, you know, he was imitating Fela. You know, with the dance moves, but it wasn't really, you know, imbibing the guy's vibe. The hits or the leg over, the good hits that were cool, that we like the songs. It's like, I'm just imagining a US population, like, because that's the way it's been introduced to the greater, at least, kind of show it, probably college kids that listen, that watch all those shows or people that DVR it or whatever, or you hope to find on YouTube. And this is Mr. Easy. I don't know. I don't think you've gotten too much fans from that. He didn't sing any songs that I liked. I think like his newer songs are trash. So shout out to all the people who like Lego Bar. So from the beginning when he when I realized he was singing Lego Bar, whatever bullshit he was singing, I was like, yeah, I'm out of it. But anyway, if you've watched Mr. Easy's videos, you should know that he's not a performer. He's a very maybe he's doing it too much, but he's very laid back. He doesn't move, you know, even in his videos, he's usually walking or talking. It's not like how in a whiskey video or in a David video you see them jumping from a to Z or from the front of the house to the back of the house. So generally, if I heard that Mr. Easy is performing, I'm not really expecting him to be jumping or anything because I've w- I've watched his music videos and like I already know like that's who he no, is. He's yeah. a very so sh- not every performer has to be jumping up and down, but there's some performers even someone like Adele now she's jumping up and down, but when she stands there and she gives you that vocal performance, she captures you. But when you don't have that kind of vocal performance, you don't have that gravitas like Fella now. Fella had that gravitas, he had the saxophone on his neck and his way he's moving, his head, the movements, that charisma grabs you. Mr. Easy, no charisma, nothing, I don't even know what kind of white pants he was wearing on, on stage, nothing, nothing connected. I'm just like, to me, I'm, what I'm sad about, like, somebody's getting such a big, big push, Apple's, Apple's next, um, Apple's next artist or whatever that is, you know, you're put on American television because that's where everybody wants to break into the American market. That's that's where everybody wants to break into British singers, UK singers, Swedish, everybody trying to break into the US market. 
and you have a chance like that to be on stage to be exposed to the u.s and you come out there with that kind of trash i wish they gave to somebody like um techno techno would have done a good job techno is a dancer and techno has a great voice techno is also a producer so techno has so that's like but I don't know much about music or how these things work. Like I know if your team works, if people don't actually think you're good, you it doesn't matter how much your team works. So I trying to say that when Apple featured him as next whatever, they hadn't seen like his previous performances or whatever. I don't know, but to me it's not like because if they've seen it and they still decided to feature it, it means that Apple, they don't really care. And if James Corden oh, sorry, James Corbin, I don't know why I keep saying Corden. I was trying to say that before he asked Mr. Easy to come on his stage, he hadn't seen like all his other awful performances. The point for Apple, Apple doesn't care. Apple's about streams. So Apple is just playing the tracks. And obviously, people are listening to those his songs. And the songs are good songs, I'll say that. This is why I said he published that just sang over his track. That's what I said for James Corbin. I was saying James Corbin has never seen like, a video. James, Cor- didn't James Corbin cares. He probably has Apple partnership with Apple. Apple is sponsoring the show. How I many guy has to put on the show every night for almost every, for every night? A month, I think you guys cares about one performer on one night of your show. Please, you don't think it has time to be researching, Mr. Easy. I like to say that expectations are the, is the mother of all heartbreaks, so I don't expect anything from Mr. Easy in terms of performances. So his performances never, yeah, they never upset me. Let I, me put it that way. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a shame that you know somebody's given a chance to break from this um Afro pop stuff that's going on. That you know, p- people like Drake have like captured the sound and selling millions with it and one one of our own original artists is being pushed out there the guy is not like trash but good luck to mr easy clearly people like him as he is obviously this is just sources of opinion i personally don't have an opinion on his performances like i said i don't expect anything from him so they're so, trash um, right you saw the performance was it good no I'm, that's what i'm saying like, i didn't expect anything like mm-hmm. I, I didn't like the i was like i said see i was not even interested once i started hearing the bits of legover i'm just like I don't like Legova. I know there are people that like it, but I don't like it. So already, I was already it was already a turn off for me. But like I said, this is just like our own opinion. There are probably other people out there who are like, I mean, Mr. Um, James Corbin was not trying to learn the stupid steps that he was doing at the mm-hmm. end of the show. So you know how they say that one man's food is another man's poison. So I can't I can't really judge. Like you always say, yeah. we're not the ones to judge. I'm not the ones. To, I'm not the mm-hmm. one to judge. You and know, his you know. team should get on him, man. They should someone like Drake. So remember when Drake came out. Drake's live performance was shaky, but Drake is Drake is all right now. Maybe his team, with all the opportunities that getting him, they should also step up his, his game on terms of performance. Anyway, that's just my own take on it. For those of us who aren't in Nigeria, Taxify is the Nigerian version of Uber, and it seems like they're super. Taxify is not just in Nigeria. It's not like. Are you sure? Taxify is not a worldwide company. Really? I thought it was just a Nigerian thing. Okay, my bad. And I was feeling Taxify because I'm like you're a Nigerian. Anyway, so I've been hearing stories about how Taxify is dangerous. Anyway, Um, people didn't trust Taxify like they trusted Uber. But then this story comes out about how this woman was molested in her taxi. 
I feel like that's my biggest it happened fear. This, happened this weekend, actually. Yeah, like she was molested. I don't even know how these things happen. That's why sometimes you don't even know which one is worse or which one is better. Taking a normal yellow taxi or going into an Uber. Because even Uber, you hear stories about that. Anyway, so this woman was molested in her taxi. But luckily, the driver is now in police custody. Naturally, it's not... Um Actually, I think this story actually exemplifies why it's actually better to take like a taxi file, like an Uber, because if this woman, so it's, this is what happened, right? Okay, you're saying they could trace the guy yeah. and arrest him, yeah. So, so this is what happened, right? She, she she got into a taxi file and she said they started talking about a whole bunch of stuff. Number one, usually when I get into a cab, what well, I don't really don't want to talk. So those people that like to chat up with their drivers, mm-hmm. you guys are on your own type of stuff. Me, I just want to get in the car, drive me to where I am to go. So anyway, she started talking about different different subjects. Then all of a sudden. The topic hits sexual orientation and she now says she's a lesbian and the guy reaches and touches her nipple mm-hmm. so she says allegedly right then she now shows a recording of the man kind of apologizing for something we don't know he just keeps on saying sorry mm-hmm. and you see the man bowing his knees saying sorry and obviously she sets a series of tweets out describing the incident and telling Texify about this is your driver this 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 right identifying him on what on good because it's taxifying obviously taxify has a record of their drivers they were able to taxify now send the police to get him and he was arrested so it was a swift response so obviously this shows the value of taxify on an uber because if you're in yellow cab and probably i'm sure this thing happens women are harassed all the time and all this kind of stuff the girl that does you know dropped her off and sped off and all she would have done was just to curse because they get under her breath but at least with this guy at least it's is in is in is in jail um okay so first of all americans will not know what tax fire is because there's no tax fire in america tax fire only serves 25 cities in europe africa west asia and mexico so but yeah yeah my what? point is not uh it's not yeah, a so, no, i'm just thing. saying so for americans out there who, right. because we said worldwide right so right 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 i'm right. trying to clarify what right. that is um I don't know, yellow taxis, yeah, whatever. I, I remember, this is just me, but I really try to get the um, plate numbers and things like that of any taxi I'm entering, whether Uber, taxi or whatever. But in as much as, yeah, they were able to trace these people. I remember on my trip to Kogi State, someone was talking about how sometimes Uber drivers do get away with a lot of shit. So, like, you know how this guy is in custody? If he has, like, some godfather or if he knows the police people, do you get what I'm saying? All this is for just for our pockets. So, in as much as I'm happy that they've arrested mm-hmm. him, that, I hope that yeah, that's with any crime in Nigeria. Yeah, we I know hope that, that um, he actually gets the justice that right. he deserves. Not that he's just going to sit down in police station for two days and then somebody somewhere will call on his behalf and the next. But fu- but funny enough, but funny person. enough, going go to the woman's comments or whatever it is. A lot of people there are like saying that ah, she should not vex too much. I beg, they should just, they should re- they should release they should release the guy that. I own is I own is too much. Isn't not just more something that the man the man begged her that she should just take the begging and but that's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to go beg on behalf of the man and blah blah blah. But just leads me back. Release him. Exactly. But this just leads me back to how a lot of things are allowed to slide. Not just in Nigeria, but everywhere when it becomes like a male and female situation. See now, I can't be asking her. Your own is too much. What she she was assaulted. She was assaulted. Like she has every right. 
you get what? Also, because you assaulted me and then you begged me, what does that do for me? I should take the begging and go. Like, I really understand what the world is becoming. Everything that becomes a in context, or he has begged you, or why is your own too much, or now you should be the only woman. If somebody or, was like, how? Or, like, I don't understand. If somebody was like, how did he? How did he um, press nipple and not breast? I just show. Is she sure what she's saying? Like exactly. So I don't understand what the world is coming to. Where and I'm not even trying to turn this into a feminist podcast because it can be anyone. Men get assaulted too. But where you are told that ah, your own is too much, I beg, let it go. You should be able to fully know that if something happens to you, you can report it, and people will. I mean, you don't always expect that a hundred people will be on your side if you're reporting to hundred people. But it just felt like every, almost everybody was like, her own is too much. So please tell me why tomorrow it will happen to another woman and she will report. Yeah, what was int- actually another f- funny twist in it because obviously it said it turned into sexual orientation and she said she was a lesbian and the guy said he touched her because if she was a lesbian she will, she doesn't they don't respond to men. Also, when people also flip that there are two crimes committed also that she as a lesbian that's supposed to jail her. That's supposed to jail her. No offense. They are supposed to jail her because you know Nigerian law mm-hmm. actually you get fourteen years in jail to be for being um, homosexual. And I don't know if she's actually really lesbian. What if she said that just to like you know? Right, but, but I'm just trying to say that this thing went all over the place, all over the place. From a woman that was assaulted, it turned into also arrest her for sodomy and lesbianism or whatever it is. With people saying that were you sitting in the front seat or were you sitting in the back seat? How did you reach? How did they reach out to touch you and stuff like that? And to me, it's almost a clear-cut case because we saw the man begging for something, even though we didn't get the full. But obviously, it's the reason he was begging. He did not just start begging because he felt like begging. But I just feel like it's I, scary what the world is becoming. Yeah, and even and even on our Twitter, right? She has like kind of a provocative picture as a what they call that then? As a DP. As a DP, and people are like, why are you dress like that? Why won't they touch so you? In so in short, the the. the the society still believes in victim blaming. That's yeah. that's just the long and short of all this story that I'm saying. And I feel like we should have, as a society, we should have evolved by now. People should be able to confidently report that something happened to them and not feel like it's like even sometimes you hear rape stories and people be asking you, "What were you doing there?" Like I don't understand. What does this have to do with? I got raped. I got raped. You know that kind of thing. But that's just another podcast altogether. Let's just stop victim shaming people. If someone feels assaulted, so long as she's not lying or she's not accusing the guy, you know, yeah, of more than yeah, because there was that case of that um then, Uber driver where the girl was mm-hmm, then she should not be at like what the girl was saying that she was going to accuse him of rape. Yeah, I I like to feel like I can boldly report something and people will now not flip it on me. But yes, on to our Juro pick of the week. If this is your first time listening, Juro is our Nigerian psychologist. And people from all over send him emails telling him their problems and hoping that one, he will prefer a solution and that two, they'll find solutions in the comment section. We don't know who these people are. We have no idea of the backstory. We just read their stories and, you know, we kind of put our own spin on it. So for this week, we have someone who titles her email, My husband likes sex too much. We always fight because of this. Hi, Joro. I wedded nine months ago. Before then, I have never befriended anybody. 
I made a promise to God to keep myself for my husband and now I'm almost regretting losing my virginity at all. This man is a cool man, man of my dreams. He gives me money. He's even paying for my sibling's schooling. But my main issue, Joro, is that he likes to have sex almost six times in a day. I usually run to the toilet and even sleep in the toilet sometimes. When my toilet trick stopped working, I start prolonging and lying about my menses. She means period for those who are Nigerians. I bought ketchup to apply on my pants to show red so he will leave my va- my vag in peace. Now my vag is sore and to pee I'm in pains and he can go 35 minutes per round in a day. At this stage I don't even mind if he has side chick no if he has side girl or whatever you call it. I pray to God for a man who will give me sex at least once a week and this is what I got. So Yeah, it's interesting. Um, one thing I'll say, you know, a lot of times side chicks get so much hell, they get so much, you know, disdain and people like, oh, you have breaking a womb. This is a clear cut case of the service that side chicks are doing to married women. See this woman now that she's actually begging her husband to have side chicks so she can rest. So let's not be quick to be out there and, you know, spitting on their names of all the side chicks doing a good job there helping to keep um, married women um, um, fresh and not suffering from pain from their husbands who want too much sex. So I just want to say, you know, you know well done to the church sick there. Some of us understand the work done, the service that you do. So I feel like um, maybe this guy is having all this sex with her so he can know that he's getting his money worth from all these um, paying school fees for her siblings and all the other rubbish that he's doing. And I like to believe that she's exaggerating because first of all, this guy is going like for 35 minutes, shout out to him, and then six times in a day. So they don't have work, they're spending the whole day at home. I don't understand. Or is it when he comes back from when they both come back from work that this six times a day is going on? Are they going on for thirty five minutes? That means they're not sleeping. Yeah, and, I, I mean, they be confusing. She didn't say every session is thirty five minutes. She's just saying he can go thirty five minutes. I'm sure what's what happens. He has he's probably self employed, right? Probably owns his own stuff. So probably first in the morning, um, a quick in between that lunch, a quick in between that, then before he goes to bed. That's six, right? So he's self-employed and he's working from his house. He doesn't have office. I mean, that's possible, but I'm just asking. Yeah, it's possible. Anyway, so um, they are married. They should be able to speak to each other. I mean, if she wants my she should all this rubbish that she's doing, you know, running to the toilet and buying ketchup. That's just childish. I I I don't understand that. Like, but uh, but but she I, should, if I remember, there's a scripture right that says you should not deny your husband, right? So if a husband wants sex, right, and they're married, and you're supposed to deny each other. She's not denying him. She's just saying that it's too much. Like I said, in my opinion, I think they should just have a conversation f- about this. She should let him know. Maybe this guy. So so. Maybe so, this guy thinks that she's actually enjoying it. Like what? Genuinely, maybe he thinks she's enjoying the whole six. Like and like she said, so I prayed to God who would give me a husband. Um, I prayed to God for a man who would give me sex at least once a week. This might have even been conversations that they have. I know, like people are trifling when they are dating. They be like, ah, you must be able to do this, so you must be able to. So what if he feels like this is what he she wants? You know, and because she's playing all these childish tricks of hiding in toilets and whatever, he just he, he doesn't get it that 
his woman is a bit tired. So I mean, I would say that she should try and have a conversation with him. So and like, maybe she's begging for a side chick. So if she has this conversation with him and enjoys giving to the hand of a side chick, then she. So to you, what's the appropriate, the appropriate amount of sex you should have in a week? I don't know, please. What do you mean? I'm not married. Okay, so if if you're a married woman, I'm not married. If if you're a married woman, what do you think is the appropriate amount of time in a week to have sex? Three times. Three times a week. Yeah, I guess I don't know. She said she got married nine months ago, so the thing is still shocking him. So I hear, I've heard that it kind of. I don't think about that. I'm asking you now. No, no, no. I guess three times is fine. Three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So nothing, so nothing for him during the weekends. No, I'm just saying Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can remix your three times to as many as you want. It can be four times a week, sir. It depends on how the spirit is moving you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. All right, so good bad gang. So here our it's issue is not how many times. L- you know, LD says it's three, three to four times a week. So See, I'm just saying my own. The realities of marriage. By the time you come back home for work, you have to cook. You know, it might not even be in the picture. But um, she doesn't even sound like she will mind if they were having sex once a day, every day of the week. Do you get what I'm saying? Her issue seems to be that it's just in a day he can go six times and one can last 35 minutes. So um, I feel like she should just talk to him, to be honest. Like, conversation is key. Yeah, but as I said, you know, side chicks do play a meaningful purpose in marriages, it sounds like. And this woman is just laying claim to that. So. I mean, so like you're asking me how many times you think a married couple should have sex. How many times do you think you should have sex a week? Number one. Number two, does this mean that you will be getting a side chick to help out in your wife's duties? In quotes. No, but I'm just saying that side chick gets so a bad rap. And I'm just saying that this is an example. If I was a lawyer, I'll bring that as a bit A to the judge. See? See what some women folk are saying. Do you believe in side chicks? Do I be- no, of course not. So how many times do you think? A week. A week? Uh, so what is that man stuff? So let me read it uh, two times five. So so twice a day, two times uh, so fourteen times a week. It's just he's trying to kill his wife, clearly. But I don't know, like I said, I don't know. I'm not married. It's the, it might be different. Like I might think differently when I get married and I might think the same, I might think more but it's all down to the couple. Don't model your sex life after another couple. Obviously, things are probably, will probably change when you have children and those kind of things. There's so many factors that go in place. If your work gets stressful, if you get a going through a hard time financially, if it's pissing you off, you know. So, also, so many things can go on. Yeah, so, so, so you know, I said you could have worse problems. You could be one of those jury writers writing up worrying about um, your husband is pregnant, got another woman pregnant, but the only just sex, like you said. You just need to sit down and you know talk about it and come up with uh, a plan that both of you can be happy with. Obviously, her fear will be, you know, this this sends him out to somebody else, which is probably why. But he has to think about how to this becoming a problem. She's sore. She can't pee without hurting. You know, he he has to be considerate at the end of the day. So it's not like she's even saying, she's just like, can we reduce it? She's not even saying, I think that's the key thing. She's not saying she doesn't want to have sex. She's just saying, can we please reduce it so that my, but JJ can heal from all the pounding that you are giving me. And there we have it. So peace out. Um, So we're coming up with a special episode and... We are? Yes, we are. Okay. We're coming up with a special episode where you guys send us questions about things that you might want to know about Sos or myself. 
I don't know about that. So if you've ever wondered anything... Why do, why do you have to be in my business? If you've ever wondered anything, you know, shoot us um, a DM. Slide into our DMs, please. We like people sliding into our DMs. Leave a comment. Just let us know. So if you want to know if LD has like pink hair or whatever, you know. Yeah. Just let us know and then we'll be answering all your questions on... On a future and episode, upcoming podcast, yeah. yeah We're not gonna tell you whether it's the next one or whatever, but no, you know. it depends on yeah. what people care about. I know, I know what you want to know. Exactly. So, um, subscribe on iTunes. If you, if you're, I've realized that I keep saying subscribe on SoundCloud, but you can't if you don't have a SoundCloud account. So, if you have a SoundCloud account, then you subscribe, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, like our Facebook page. It's Good Bad Gang everywhere. There's no numbers. Yeah, so on or iTunes, anything. please yeah, review. Exactly. Um, Please review, please, and um, five star. It helps, it helps go up in the chat. Let us hear what you think. Sometimes you guys send us like your comments directly because some of you know who we are. They do? Yes. Right. Write it in the comments section if you're listening on SoundCloud or write it in the review section. You know, that shit looks good. <laughs> but yeah, we're out, you know, and hopefully, Sauce is alive next week to do um, another podcast. From your lips to God, yes. Amen. I always thought I wanted him to die, but. And we're out. Alright. Yeah, you have to get the last one in, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Stop it! Give you full satisfaction, my girl, then you know.